0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: It's nasty outside. Welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's your main man, Matt Miguez here, James Mesh sitting in the production studio across from me. James, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
2: I'm doing all right. How about you, Matt? Man, I'm surprised you didn't say it. (laughs) I am surprised. If you didn't say anything, I would have forgot. Surprised you didn't do it. Matty boy. Oh, there it is. There it is.
1: Got a big show for you lined up today. Cajuns and Tigers both getting dubs on the diamond last night. UL Softball is in Texas for a matchup tonight with the Longhorns. Got some Saints talk. Hmm. Tyron Matthews in the state. Does he become a Saint by the end of the week? That's our poll question of the day. Do the Saints sign... Tyron Matthew. Uh, we'll talk some Tigers at 5 o'clock with Scott Rabelais. And at 5.30, our guy Kevin Foot is going to join the show to, uh, to talk about the Cajun's baseball game last night and look forward to their series this weekend with Georgia Southern. As always, we take your phone call 706-0111 on the game hotline. And here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133. On L-U-S fiber. James, it's disgusting outside.
2: When When is Mother Nature ever going to give us a break? You have to remember, this is Louisiana. It's different every day, it feels like. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous.
1: I am so tired of baseball games getting canceled. Yeah, we we cancel at least one every week. It's it's insane. Cajun's not playing against UNO tonight, the second time in two weeks, or second time in a month. I'm sorry that uh, their game has been postponed due to inclement weather.
2: This is why they. This is why they should do more indoor facilities. That way, um, you don't have to worry about this type of stuff.
1: I, I do agree. However, indoor facilities are very, very expensive. I mean, God, just the renovation, just touching up the Teague like they did was $18 million. Yeah. Could you imagine what it would have cost to dome it? Lord Almighty. Anyways, poll question of the day. Will the Saint sign Tyron Matthew? So far, 60% of you say yes, 40% of you say no. James, I think this is a no-brainer. Especially now that Malcolm Jenkins
2: retired. I mean, should they? Yeah, but we do know the Saints track history of signing, trading, or drafting LSU players. They usually don't. They have Will Clapp off and on the the squad. They have Quan, but he's currently a free agent. And we've seen plenty, and I mean, plenty of opportunities for them to grab more draft all the time but you never see them go for them that's the thing is are they going to go out of the ordinary was this just a Sean Payton thing where he just doesn't like LSU it feels like or is this just a whole organization thing where they just as a team in general they just like Ohio State players more
1: yeah and, and, and I get that but at the same time, there's just got to come a point where the best guy on the field is the best guy on the field. And you're running out of money to spend. The Saints, with the Andy Dalton deal, they're only down to about 7 or $8 million left to spend. So in today's NFL, that's going to get you one more player. Who is it going to be? Are you going to sign a receiver? Is it going to be Tyron Matthew? The Saints need to hurry up and make a decision on that because whichever way you sign affects how you're going to draft. Right? Because if you sign Tyron Matthew and you fill up the safety spot,
2: you're not going to look to draft a DB. Not as high anymore. You may look at him in the fourth or fifth or seventh round.
1: If you sign a receiver like Sammy Watkins... Chances are you're not drafting one in the first round. No. So that's what I'm saying. Like the decision that you make now with this money affects your draft plan, and the draft's in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So they need to they need to figure something out. Dennis Allen held a press conference yesterday, and obviously one one of the big questions with the signing of Andy Dalton now that Taysom Hill will not be needed in a quarterback variety, uh, a a question that Dennis Allen was asked is, what role will Taysom Hill play in this Saints offense?
3: I I think the role for Taysom um, really is going to be a lot more of the kind of F tight end, move tight end type of role. I think that's the direction that we need to move with him because I think he can be one of the better players in the league in that role. I don't like having Taysom... If Jameis is out there playing quarterback, I don't really like Taysom standing next to me on the sideline. And so I think you'll see him more in that type of role.
1: Another thing... First off, let, let me ask you this, James. Why does Dennis Allen... Sound so much like Sean Payton. I swear the first five seconds of that clip I thought we were listening to Sean Payton.
2: That that is that is fair. That is fair. Well, I mean, they have been with each other for the last five or six years. F- feels like a thing or two may have just rubbed off on each other. But even like the so tone where they kind of adapted each, yeah, each each's personality and even kinda, like
1: the tone of his voice sounds yeah, like Sean Payton.
2: I agree. You know, it's, not, it's not the same voice, but it, like the, the tone and the level of it is about the same.
1: Right. Another another question that Dennis Allen was asked is, is how important is it or how hard will it be to recover losing a guy like Teron Armstead who signed a five-year contract with the Dolphins? Here's D.A.
3: Yeah. Look, I think anytime you have good players that compete against each other on a daily basis, you don't have any 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 choice but to really get better. I think that was a huge benefit for us. I think Tehran's going to be missed um, in terms of his leadership and in, in terms of his play on the field. But at the same time, I feel confident with the guys that we have, you know, in our building to be able to step up and 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 fill in in his role and. And quite honestly, you know, there's been some time that Teron's missed on the field and and guys have stepped into that role and done a good job for us. So so we feel good about where we're at in that position.
1: Another thing that Dennis Allen is going to have to look at in his first year as head coach. Now that it's his team, granted he's been in this locker room for a number of years now, but... It, it's a little different when you're the head man, right? And so, what is he looking for out of his team in year one?
3: It all sounds cliche. You know, you want to be a balanced offense, you want to be able to run the ball, play action, all those kinds of things. I think ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, really, as a team, I want our team to be tough. Um, I want our team to be smart, play the game the right way, like, understand situational football, don't beat your um, and I want our team to you know compete on every single play and I think if you boil it down to those simple three things and you can do those three things, I think you're going to be pretty good
1: so here 's the thing that 's interesting talking about the saints. Chauncey Gardner Johnson tweeted a couple moments ago that he was looking for, I'm going to find the exact tweet. He was looking for the CD and, he he tagged Tyron Matthew, and it says Tyron Matthew and CD era with two sets of eyeballs. And Tyron Matthew comments on it with the praying hands and fingers crossed. Correct me if
2: I'm wrong. I think Tyron Matthews is going to be in the black and gold. I believe he has legitimate interest, but the question is, do the Saints want to get him? And can they? And if if they both have interest, can they both come to an agreement on the terms of the contract? Why? Here's what I want to know: Why wouldn't you? Like,
1: if you're the Saints, he's 29. He's,
2: you just lost. You just lost your box safety. Now right. you can get. Now you can get this one.
1: What What's holding you back from signing the guy? The only thing I could see is that they can't agree on a contract but there's going to come a point where Tyron Matthews gonna play for less and less money
2: remind me are there any other like big name safeties that we're waiting on to make a deal because I know there there are some positions for different players where we don't know, like they're they're waiting on something, but I can't. I don't think there's any safeties, so it's kind of just up to up to him, and he's kind of just doing it at his own pace.
1: No, um, Jabril Peppers was a safety, but he just he signed. signed with the Pats. Did Jesse Bates sign somewhere?
2: I thought Jesse Bates tagged with. Did he tag? I thought he tagged. Okay, yeah. Um, I thought he tagged with the Bengals. Yeah,
1: I mean, definitely, definitely none in the in the Saints.
2: You know, so you got Landon. Because Williams already signed with Baltimore, so you got Landon Collins. Yeah, Landon Collins is up there too. He just got recently released by the uh, Commanders. Um,
1: Keanu Neal.
2: Keanu Neal's. We haven't heard from him in like two years, but he was he was the good hard hitting safety from Florida that played for the Falcons. Terrell Edmonds. Terrell's the. Not as good brother of the right. Edmonds brothers of the three. Uh, You could bring back Chris Banjo. He's more of a special teams. You um, already have that in JT Gray. You need more of an actual safety that's going to play. DeMonte Casey. He's okay, but he's more of a free safety. If you're going to do that, then you would move Marcus May to your box safety.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, anything after that, it's just kind of becoming a stretch. I mean, Antoine Brooks Jr.,
2: you could always sign PJ Williams back as well.
1: You could always sign PJ Williams back, but are you going to get PJ Williams for under eight million dollars? Probably not.
2: You do that every time. They sign him every year to like a one-year, two million-dollar deal, four or less every time. Based off what I've seen in Spotrac, I mean, they still got twenty-one million. They haven't accounted uh, Andy Dalton's contract yet, but I mean, with that, that puts it down to seventeen, eighteen. Which, if that's the case, you sign my. The way I see it is sign PJ Williams to like a three, a three million dollar deal, sign Sammy Watkins to like a four or five, and then use eight or nine to sign Tyron Matthew. That's how I, that's how
1: I would try to do it. So then let me ask you this: If you sign Tyron Matthew and PJ Williams, yeah, does CD go to the corner spot?
2: CD's always been the in the slot guy. He always plays in the slot toward the line. You don't see him up top. You always see him yeah. in that slot position covering the... So then, so then PJ and Matthew would be your two safeties? Because, well, no, because it would be, well, for now, since we don't know Oh, Marcus about, May. about Marcus May, because he's still got something going on with what he did. I think he had a DUI. DWI, yeah. Yeah, DWI. And still wondering about that Achilles tear that he had in November yeah. with the Jets. So That's true. For the meantime, bring in a familiar face like you just did with Trey smith Bring P.J. back for the millionth time. Have him play free safety because he's really good at it. We've seen him whenever he needs to get out there. He, he's a good fill-in. So you have him out there. You get Tyron. Make him your box safety. And yep. then you still have Daniel Sorensen, which not great, but a good backup piece. And like I said, draft one. And then you'll get Marcus back. You'll have a stack safety room. But draft but draft the safety in the fifth or seventh round because if you're going to get PJ and if you're going to get Honey Badger and once you get Marcus Maybach, you have three pretty good safeties and then have a fourth option in Daniel Sorensen. And then you still have Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, in the slot, CJ, C.D. Deuce, and then you have Bradley Roby when you need to bring him in. Right. I
1: don't know. Plenty of, of decisions for the Saints to make. We'll take timeout number one, and when we come back, we'll talk some Cajuns baseball, who went down to Hammond America last night and got a pretty solid win over the Lions. We'll dive deep into that and more here on Crunch Time with Miguel and Mesh on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and one Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Keep your bracket going strong. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers $150 in instant bonus guaranteed. That's right, you'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. And how you bet is completely up to you. You can choose between the money line, the totals, the prop bets, and so much more. I'm riding with Kansas and Duke to make it to the championship game. Join FanDuel today with promo code KLWB. Then you can place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit. Guaranteed! That's promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Let's talk some Cajuns baseball now. Uh, they went to Hammond, Louisiana last night, a.k.a. Hammond America, to play the Southeastern Lions at Pat Kennelly Diamond at Alumni Field. And it didn't start off that great for the Cajuns. Peyton Havard was on the mound, gave up three runs in the first inning, fell early uh. Tyler Finke looped a two-out single, stole second, and then scored on an RBI single by Preston Faulkner. And then a walk to put runners on first and second led to a champ Artigues double to right field to drive in two more and give Southeastern the early 3 nothing lead. The Cajuns wouldn't stay down long, though. Uh, in the third inning, Tyler Robertson comes up and hit an absolute, no-doubt, three-run bomb to tie the game up at 3. Southeastern would answer in the 6th with a run, but the Cajuns would come back in the 7th with another one of their own, and it was a bomb. I do mean a bomb. Like one of those home runs where the ball comes off the bat, and the second the batter finishes his swing... He just starts jogging. Julian Brock belted one to left to give the Cajuns a 5-4 lead. And then they would add an insurance run in the ninth. Drew Shifflett earning the victory after pitching a crucial two-thirds innings. Tommy Ray and David Christie both getting a hitless inning and Chipper Menard came in to close the door for his second save of the year. A bright spot for the Cajuns was Hayden Dirk. He pitched four innings in relief of Peyton Havard, struck out three, and kept Southeastern off the board until Preston Faulkner, Southeastern's best player, no doubt. He had a solo home run in the sixth. And, you know, watching the game, it wasn't a bad pitch by Dirk. It really wasn't. He... It was a fastball, you know, to the inside, a little to the left. And, I mean, faulkner just got a hold of it. That happens. It's baseball. Carson Roquefort going one for four last night. No run scored. No RBIs. Kyle DeBarge going one for three. Tyler Robertson, one for four with that three-run homer. Heath Hood, two for four with a run. Scored. For the Cajuns, a double by Carson Rockefort and a double by Heath Hood, a homer by Julian Brock and Tyler Robertson. And the Cajuns had four base runners caught stealing last night. Carson Rockfort, Heath Hood, C.J. Willis, and Bobby Leday. Once again, Drew Shifflett getting the win to go to 2-1 on the year. Brock Batty, the former Cajun, getting the loss for Southeastern, dropping to 0-1 on the year. And Chipper Menard getting the save for Louisiana. Now, looking at the season statistic, statistics, the Cajuns return to 500, 12 and 12 on the year, 2 and 4 in the Sunbelt Conference. Carson Rockefort is still your hitting leader 357, 30 base hits, four doubles, two triples, seven home runs, 31 RBIs, and an on base percentage of 398. Your leading pitcher is Bo Bonds. 2.59 ERA in 24 and a third innings pitched, only 12 hits, 8 runs, 11 walks, 42 strikeouts. The next guy in line, you have two pitchers, both Brandon Talley and Jeff Wilson with 26 strikeouts apiece, Tommy Ray with 25, and then Jacob Schultz with 23. Cages on the year, 238 strikeouts, 55 more than their opponents so far this season. This weekend, they will welcome a very talented Georgia Southern club to ML Teagmore Field at Russo Park. Last I checked, Georgia Southern had a RPI in the top 20, uh, which is is very impressive. They're sitting at 19, according to NCAA.com. That was updated yesterday. Uh, Through games played last night. They are 19th in the RPI. Uh, So a win in this series for the Cajuns could go a long, long way. Friday at 6, Saturday at 4, and then Sunday morning at 11.30 due to Georgia Southern's travel restrictions. They do need to be back on their plane back to Statesboro by a certain time. Next week they will play a two-game game week midweek series with La Tech and Rustin before going to Jonesboro, Arkansas next weekend to play Arkansas State. This is gonna be is gonna be a fun stretch for, for Matt Deggs and his squad because now you're riding that two game winning streak where you won three out of four since last Wednesday and you know, you're starting to feel pretty good about yourself. You're back at 500. you're hitting the ball well, pitching starting to come around. The question's gonna be can you keep it going? Same thing with softball. They've got a big game tonight against Texas. We'll dive into that later. Can they get that elusive win? We'll find out. Let's take a time out right here. And when we come back, my man Brendan Ertle. Of Canal Street Chronicles will join us to talk about Malcolm Jenkins, talk about Andy Dalton, maybe talk about Tyron Matthew. What are the Saints going to do? All that and more here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
0: They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio.
1: We just washed the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long
4: time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair.
0: Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station
2: the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports States so wants to give you the chance to score the ultimate crawfish bowl, brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. So sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 103.7thegame.com and 1041 thegamecom so you can score the ultimate crawfish bowl from J&J Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time with me as a mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Uh, If you ever watch the simulcast, I don't know. You you could tell that that James and I, we, we like to cut up and have some fun. There's just a funny text exchange going on right now. I'll leave it at that. Let's talk some Saints now. Once again, Malcolm Jenkins announcing his retirement, Tyron Matthew. Possibly coming to the Saints. What does Andy Dalton bring to the table? Our man Brendan Ertel of Canal Street Chronicles joins us this afternoon. Brendan, what's going on, man? How are you?
5: What's good, guys? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's let's open up with the big news. Malcolm Jenkins announcing his retirement after thirteen years. The the two time Pro Bowler, I mean the two time Super Bowl champ, excuse me, and the two time Saints player. I guess you could say, what did he mean to this franchise and how can the Saints look to replace him?
5: Wow, I mean, what a loss. Uh, I, I kind of thought coming, you don't usually just give up most of your salary and spread it out between two years to almost a league minimum and not retire, It's something Drew Brees did to help out the team and it's a win-win for both parties because you get your money in uh it's guaranteed and you get it no matter what so it saves the some money too so uh but a huge loss didn't think he was going to come as soon as it did I thought he'd made wait a little bit longer but I mean what a loss he's been here for what I'm counting right now n- nearly a decade with the team drafted out of the corner switched to safety won a Super Bowl here in his rookie year uh a leadership skill wise I mean it just doesn't get better than he, than he was with the team uh, I was talking about it a little bit today in my podcast, and it was like C.J. Garner-Johnson, Paul Sandebo, Lattimore, all these young kids learn from a guy like Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, you have your DB coach and whatnot, but from a player standpoint, you learn so much more from a guy like Malcolm Jenkins than you do anyone else. So, I mean, what a loss. Um, we saw it coming, but lots of good years from Malcolm Jenkins and legendary 27. Uh, we've had some good safeties come out in the world.
1: Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Now that leads into my next question.
5: Tyron Matthew and
1: C.D. Deuce are Ooh. are exchanging exchanging tweets right now that is making it sound like there could be something brewing there. I mean, after all, Tyron Matthew is only an hour away from New Orleans right now.
5: Hmm. I will say that opening week of free agency, uh, Aaron Wilson, who has been all over the NFL this year and a guy I trust a lot, he was. Uh, he reported that the Saints and Tyron had mutual interest and it was strong interest. Now the Saints addressed one of their safety positions by signing Marcus May. Uh, but that brings some questions. now. Was the move signing Marcus May to replace Malcolm Jenkins? Because I'm sure they knew. Or is that more of a move to replace Marcus Williams? Because the thing about Marcus and Tyron Matthew is that they both can play strong and free safety. And I think that combination of the two would be perfect. Dennis Allen's defense, lost too high. The main thing about Dennis Allen that people don't know is that he loves to disguise coverages. You can't disguise coverages any more than having two players in the field and Marcus May and Kyron Matthew that are pretty much positionless, can play nickel linebacker, and, I mean, both are great in single high and double high. I mean, uh, I mean, I think it would be a perfect fit. Obviously, he's, he's in Baton Rouge's. I think today still, yep. uh, throwing out the first pitch yesterday at the baseball game. So, I mean, he's, he's not too far away from the city. Go bring him in for a visit. Just see what the interest is there. Uh, C.J. Gunner-Johnson, obviously a great recruiter for the team. He's been trolling all offseason, uh, made us think he was getting traded, and uh, he's always done a great job bringing in uh, other guys as well. So, I, I hope there's something there. I hope something can happen there. Uh, obviously, it'd be really cool to see him back in the city. Hopefully, Taysom Hill would give up that number seven, but I mean, it's it's just tough. That's a really big hole to to fill. And so far this offseason, Saints just haven't been that aggressive. So, I mean, we'll just see. I hope they could figure something out with him.
1: Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joins us. Brendan, let's talk about Andy Dalton, the the Red Rifle, Mister Double O Seven. <laughs> Coming to the Saints on a one-year, six million dollar deal with nearly three million of it guaranteed. This is obviously a move to give the Saints a better backup quarterback.
5: Mhm. Yeah, and I, I think I think they do. I mean, obviously, I would say Andy Dalton's an upgrade over Trevor Simeon. Uh, the money he got, I was a little surprised about, but it's nothing that is going to affect him any other way. You need you needed a backup quarterback no matter what. A little concerned about Ian Book's development. I thought maybe they'd roll with the quarterback they had now if they were confident in Ian Book. Uh, obviously, they got Blake Bortles as well and Taysom Hill moving to tight end. So uh, that is now a, kind of a crowded quarterback room. And if they were to draft a quarterback, which I don't think they're in the position to do now after signing Andy Dalton, uh, it'd be a really crowded room. But I, I think it adds a ton to this room. Just with Jameis, I mean, obviously that knee injury is not... A just a small thing to get over. I don't think that's a concern at all. I think Jameis is good to go. But just having a veteran in the locker room like Andy Dalton, I mean, the kid started for almost a decade for Cincinnati Bengals, and he was like a successful quarterback in this league. Obviously, he's became one of the premier backups in the NFL. So um, losing a guy like Sean and Drew over the years, it's just good to bring in more talent, more veteran leadership to that room. Uh, don't think it really means much for Jameis. But I, I, I'm more centered around Taysom moving to tight end and what that means, and kind of the permanent movement. And I'm really looking forward to Taysom uh, more in that Joker role moving forward.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I didn't even realize Blake Bortles was still on the team. <laughs> I, I, thought his, I thought his I thought his contract had expired and we let him go.
5: He signed one of those deals that you you see really late. Uh, in the season, and they uh, call it like a future contract or something like that, and they gave it to Jalen McCluskey too. So, I mean, something that was easily missed.
1: So now you've got Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Blake Bortles, and Ian Book. It, it's obvious that Ian Book is just not developing the way that they thought he would, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, it, it's tough to say, uh, and, and with the, the turnover on the offensive staff, I mean, he's still, it's going to be his second year. He has plenty of time. I think Blake Burles is a guy that you can get away with cutting and getting to your practice squad if they would like to keep him. I don't think they're at the stage yet where you move on. Uh, the game that he did start, I mean, that was the game I went to last year and it was just awful. It wasn't his fault. So I still gave him a year or two to figure it out. He's got plenty of time. He's loaded with talent. And hopefully in a couple of years he can be that backup quarterback to hopefully Jameis.
1: So, you know, Dennis Allen had a press conference yesterday, and he said that he was looking for, you know, he called it, that. he said that it might sound cliche, but he's looking for a balanced offense and a team that can run the ball, you know, that this, that, and the other. Staying on the aspect of a team that can run the ball, how do you fix the running back room? Because, I mean, you have Kamara, who's probably going to be suspended. You have Ingram, who as much as we love him, his better days are behind him. And then after that, it kind of drops off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what are the answers to maybe beefing up that running back room a little bit?
5: Uh, I, I would say, I mean, over the course of these past few years, the, the running game has been, I mean, with Drew, it's, it was a strong point. I mean, it was one of the best in the league. Uh, obviously, last year was a huge struggle. I would say that it was a weakness at times. They couldn't run the ball at all, and that led to... The bad pass offense being even worse, uh, and that's a testament to Thron Armstead being out. You lose Andrews Pete for the year. Eric McCoy missed some games. Ryan Ramcheck nearly missed half the year. So, if your almost your entire offensive line is out, I mean, it's going to struggle. So the first thing is just getting everyone back healthy. If your plans to start James Hurst at left tackle, and that's what it sounds like the plan is, uh, that's fine. You get Andrews Pete back. You hopefully get Eric – I mean, you will get Eric McCoy back. You hopefully get a good Cesar Ruiz, and you're getting Ryan Ramchick back as right tackle. So that right there, and Mickey and Dennis both talk about, they're solid at the offensive line, and they are. They could use a tackle maybe if the opportunity works out. They could use a tackle to start at left. But overall, the offensive line solid. Now, Mark Ingram, at the end of his career – I still think he has more in the tank. I think we saw a little bit last year and uh you know, just the bad offense kind of ruined everything. Obviously Kamara's probably gonna miss some games. And I think that's a spot where you draft a running back and it's a deeper class from later rounds for running backs. I mean Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, guys like that. I mean and you could even go to the streets and pick up a guy like Daryl Williams. I mean former L S U kid. That that could be a guy who could come in and play four six games uh, kind of depends what Kamara, happens with Camara, but I mean, that's a guy that could contribute in an offense and it doesn't need to be anything special. You don't need to go out there and get, you don't need to go spend it on a Melvin Gordon. You've got to get a guy that can produce. And I, I think they have that. I don't think Tony Jones has became what they want him to be, but I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as it was last year.
1: Interesting to st- statistic that I'm reading on Twitter right now, Malcolm Jenkins retires today as the only player in NFL history to defeat both Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in a Super Bowl.
5: Mm -hmm. And he had tons of success against both. I mean, he had that pick six against Tom Brady in uh, Philadelphia. Obviously picked him off Sunday Night Football two years ago with the Saints. And I, I mean, just what a career he had. And Going back to Tyron Matthew thing, I mean, the Saints love to play Tom Brady. Malcolm Jenkins had tons of success against Tom Brady. C.J. Garner-Johnson, we know how he loves to play Tom Brady. So, I mean, you come in the Saints defense, you have a high expectation to be competing with these guys. And, I mean, Malcolm really showed that. It, it is crazy. Manning and Brady, the two, maybe quarterback one and quarterback two all the time. So, uh, I mean, he's one of the GOATs. So, shout-out to Malcolm Jenkins, and what a career he yeah. had.
1: One last question, and it's not football-related, but I want to get your take on it. Eric Church cancels a sold-out show in San Antonio to go to the Final Four. (laughs) Would you be mad at him?
5: No. I mean, it's in New Orleans, in the Superdome. Going to a basketball game in the Superdome, I mean, that's an opportunity you can't pass up. CJ McComb was pissed that the NBA scheduled his road trip back to Portland during this weekend. So, I mean... I'd be frustrated as well.
1: I mean I, I I get that the world can't shut down, but dude, it's Final Four weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, the fact that the Final Four and WrestleMania are the same weekend is ridiculous.
5: It's almost Super Bowl Sunday esque. It should right. be That should be of the only thing off. going on. hmm Hundred percent agree.
1: Should be the only thing going on. Brendan Ertle from Canal Street Chronicles has been our guest. Brendan, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And as the draft gets a little closer, we'll uh we'll we'll talk some mock drafts down the line.
5: Yes, sir. Thanks, guys.
1: There he goes, Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. We'll take a look at our poll question real quick before we take a timeout. Will the Saints sign Tyron Matthew? So far, 61% of you say yes, and 39% of you say say no. James, I know that you said that you want, or he wants to come to New Orleans, but you don't know if the Saints will. Do you want
2: Tyron Matthew? Of course. I've wanted so many different players from LSU, but like I said, the track history says that they usually don't get those type, they don't get guys from that university, whether it be signing trade or picking them up from the draft. So, but we've seen it recently. They got Will Clapp as a seventh rounder, I think. Yeah, it was late, and and they they signed him to a couple of contracts. He's been off and all the practice squad. They traded for Quan Alexander. They've gotten Devry Henderson before. They had drafted him, so it's every once in a while, and it makes so much more sense now, since now you have another opening that's beneficial for that safety position. And we haven't heard a lot of traction from Tyron. We've seen him go back and forth with CD Deuce, but we haven't heard any teams show a lot of interest. So maybe his interest is in very few teams and maybe even just team. Yeah. And we're just waiting for the right moment.
1: Maybe so. I don't know. All I'm saying is that Tired Matthew in New Orleans would be a great combination between him and C.D. Deuce and Marcus May.
2: I just know that it always feels like you. a lot of people generally have an idea of, oh, it would make so much sense for this guy, but then the team, especially the Saints, go get a different guy where it's like it makes sense, but it's like that's not what I right, personally want in my mind, but right. I, I can settle for this. We'll see. We'll see. Let's take a time out right here, and when
1: we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one and get you set up for hour number two when the legendary Scott Rabelais joins to talk some LSU Tigers, and our man Kevin Foote comes to talk some Cajuns baseball and softball. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans, Migas and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now, back back to to more crunch time time with Migas and Mesh here on the the game game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Mm
2: You want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome Tuesday, April 5th, and you can see them live. The game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is giving away a four-pack of tickets to the family-friendly show. How do you win, exactly? Simply text TROTTER to 68683, that's T-R-O-T-T-E-R, to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Once again, text TROTTER to 68683 to win that family four-pack, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'm about to call this man out live on the air. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh.
1: Right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Ladies and gentlemen, James Mesh. So, earlier I brought up the hilarious group text exchange that we have between me, Mesh, Five Names, and RP3. And in, in the conversation, I sent a GIF from Saved by the Bell. And James called it cringy. And when RP3 brought up a comment about it, James responds, I've never seen Saved by the Bell. Okay. Excuse me? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is an American classic piece of television. Okay. Have you seen Friends?
2: I've seen some episodes. Oh, my God. Have you seen Cheers? Cheers. Seinfeld. I've heard of Seinfeld. I've watched Full House. Family Matters. Yeah, I've seen Family Matters. I haven't seen seen every single show. I didn't watch the Cosby show itself, no. Oh, James, James, James. I I don't... I just... What I don't get is... Why y'all get so upset every time... I have to reiterate that I don't watch TV shows and I don't watch movies. And
1: what,
3: what
2: do, then? What do you watch? YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube, and I and I rewatch some of the shows that I watched as a kid. I grew up watching Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, and Cartoon Network. Okay.
1: Here, here's what we're gonna have to do, because. Stuff like Saved by the Bell, it's a show that you have to see it. You just have to. I mean, dude, Zach Morris, Kelly Kapowski, A.C. Slater, Screech, rest in peace, by the way. Like it's an icon. Okay. You got to see it. I don't have to. You do. You you must. <laughs> you must because you are uncultured. If you don't, and I'm going to culture you My, as 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 your friend. I am going to make sure that you are properly educated in American pop culture.
2: It's from the 90s. Okay. Okay. And we're in 2022. And. Why do you want to go back so far? Don't the Rockies still stand the test of time? The first one was made in '76. It does. People still reference it. Yeah. Don't be aggravated with me, James. It, it, I'm not no, aggravated. There's, I'm there's just no saying. Need, there's no need. I just to be upset don't understand why you're so passionate about this.
1: Because I care about you. Oh my god. That and and sense. I just need you to 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 be educated properly. I'm done That's with all. you
2: for the rest of the hour. For the
1: rest of the hour. <laughs> Hour number one is in the books here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. And when we come back, we'll start off hour number two with Scott Rabelais of The Advocate to talk LSU. And then at 5.30, Kevin Foot from The Game joins us to talk some Cajuns. Hour number two on the other side of this break here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked, locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, and 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez here and the uncultured James Mesh sitting across from me. Let's talk some LSU Tigers now and here to do it with us. From the Advocate in Baton Rouge is Mr. Scott Rabelais. Scott, good afternoon, my friend. How are you?
6: I'm doing well. I got an eye to the skies, like everybody else, but uh, otherwise, it's okay so far. So good.
1: Yeah, the weather the weather's gonna get pretty nasty in Baton Rouge and into New Orleans over the next couple hours. Uh, it, it's making its way out of the Lafayette area as we speak. But, you know, Scott, last night at Alex Box, LSU welcomed ULM and, for lack of better terms, ripped them apart. 15-4 to 4 was the final score, and it was Braden Jobert again. Uh, seven RBIs last night, including two home runs. He was the first Tiger since Antoine Duplantis in 2017 to have seven RBIs. What's changed in in his style of play just over the last week or so to where he's seeing the baseball seems a lot better than he has been
6: yeah uh, you know I'm not exactly sure what to say about that other than he's now kind of solidified his his role as the starting designated hitter uh you know that was a road love Was going to be Cade Beloso. And he hurt himself in that pregame celebration before the very first game. And so I guess he had to grow in the role. I, I, I figure he, you know, where he have got him in the lineup. You know, they've got a lot of guys It's tough to pitch around. And I just think he's, he's, uh, seeing good pitches and making ca- connection on them. I think the second home run he hit was, a, was a three, one count. And he, he just, he's just not missing right now, I mean, the guy's on quite a heater. You he have five home runs in the last three games. And, uh, like you said, all the RBIs last night. So, uh, uh, take over take over the team lead in home runs from uh, Jacob Berry, so that's uh, the guy who's expected to lead the team in home runs, and, and may still, but uh, it, uh, it's a good competition to have. They're kind of uh, mantle and maris-ing, marising it right now.
1: Yeah, looking at LSU's hitting statistics, currently have six guys hitting over 300 with four guys having five or more home runs already. Jobert with nine, Jacob Berry with eight. <coughs> Clearly, LSU doesn't have a hitting problem, but you know, as as they get deep into conference with teams like Ole Miss and Arkansas and Mississippi State, how do they keep that hitting attack consistent and keep it going?
6: Well, the you know, the struggle for LSU has been that uh, you know against some of the you know, the better teams on their schedule that uh, you know they they weren't hitting the ball as well, They're striking out a lot, and then and then they go to Florida. And it seems like kind of the same problem in the first game. In the last two games, they started pounding the ball and they uh, continued over into the ULM game. And they need to, you know, continue in, in the Auburn series. They scored 42 runs in the past three games. and hitting is contagious. I mean, as a team, they're still hitting 300, which is, is good. Not, you know, not uh, not fantastic, but, the, you know, that needs to improve a little bit. But you got, uh, um, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six guys hitting over 300. And so that's, uh, you know, that, that's, a good, that's a good number. And you get got some, as you said, power through the, through the lineup and spreading the RBIs around. You have four guys with, with 26 or more uh, RBIs. So, um, you, know, you know, you're starting to see a lineup that, that, that's got some, uh, you know, you got a lot of dangerous weapons in it. And then if they can get Alex Milazzo, the catcher, back, who, who's been out hurt, he's, on, he's only played in, uh, in 11 games. Uh, you can get him back uh, soon, and then that's going to make it an even more formidable lineup so and you want you, you got to see a little more games you know in baseball it's a lot of, you need a lot of sample size yeah, you know, to, to make a a good uh, uh, a good prediction or or, or or trend of what a team is doing. but you're starting to see that with lSU if they can continue that pace again this weekend against Auburn and series starts tomorrow night uh, here at the box. Then you're going to see maybe some confidence build for this team because obviously it was a very confidence-building series win at Florida last week.
1: Scott Rabelais, the Advocate joins us looking at Auburn's schedule. They are 17 and eight on the year, three and three in the Sun Belt. You know they've got some they've got some key wins. Uh, Texas Tech was one. Then they played a, their opening SEC series was against. Ole Miss getting a big win on that Saturday, on that Friday, nineteen to five. They did only win one out of three in that series, and then this past weekend, getting two out of three over Texas A&M. But then last night they played Jacksonville State and fall five to two. So this seems like a team that's kind of up and down, playing a, a peaks and valleys type season. How can LSU, you know, obviously? Auburn's going to be very upset coming off that that loss to Jacksonville State. How can LSU keep them down? What does LSU have to do to keep to win that series in, in Baton Rouge?
6: Well, you, you want to continue to see some. Um, you want you want some improvement from the pitching staff. Yeah, you know, they, they've gotten some some good pieces from from uh, Taylor and Russellman uh, pitched last night and, and did, did well. Pittmeyer uh, Pitt um, got the got the win. Blake Money. Um, ERA is kind of shut up a little bit of Blake money. You. That's you know, four point five ERA is not what you want from your from your um, your Friday night guy. But uh, yeah, uh, look, this is a series LSU should win. I thought the same about the Texas A&M series as well. You know, both these teams come in three and three in conference. Auburn was able to go win uh, at, at the series at Texas A&M. That after LSU lost to them at home, then they lose the midweek game to Jacksonville State. I assume for Auburn playing a team like Jacksonville State, there's a lot of, like these these uh, in-state games for LSU. It's not; uh, they're not. Uh, it means a lot more to these teams to beat the big SEC school than it does for them to beat, you know, the uh, ULM for like you know, like with LSU last night. So, I think just kind of keep the bats hot, and of course, improving on, you know, defense. I mean, the the defense has to get better for LSU. I think it has uh, the last few games. It couldn't really do much but improve. Considering how many errors the Tigers were making. Earlier this season, Uh, the fielding percentage is up a little bit to 955, but opponents are feeling at 967. LSU needs to flip that, you know, because they've really they've lost some games this year. They're 18 and seven. The record could be much better if they had had not squandered, you know, some some leads and and some games. I saw them play lock tech last week. The defense, you know, cost them that game that they eventually lost in extra innings, and uh, you know, so maybe this team is, like I said, starting to turn a corner in a lot of areas because they weren't looking like a good team, hitting or pitching or fielding, uh, before that Florida series. But it, it, it's a long season; they're only reaching the, half, the Auburn series will be the halfway point of the season, so they have a long way to go. And 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 the teams can get off to bad starts and and do well, or get off to great starts and and do poorly. And It still remains to be seen, but I think there's, again, there's some good pieces of this team that they can find some more consistent pitching and definitely more consistent defense to go with that hitting. Maybe they can have something.
4: Yeah,
1: seven errors by Kay Doty and 10 by Jordan Thompson so far this year. You definitely want to get those, you definitely would like those numbers to be lower than that. But Scott, on an injury front, how, how's the health of, of LSU baseball right now?
6: They've they've had some issues this year, you know. From what I can gather, yeah. You know, either and, and like I said, Malazzo is a big one that needs to come back. They maybe dodged a bullet with Blake Money. You know, he came out of the game a couple of starts ago. You know, with the uh, you know uh, the, just looking bad. You know, holding his arm and stuff. But um, but but obviously, he pitched last weekend. Get, you know, get, get, got knocked around by Florida. So you know, if if they can and and. You know the, uh, the the other injuries. You know they're, they're, they they've had some some issues. It seems like uh, you know throughout the season. And then like the Joe Bar taking over for Beloso. I don't know when and if they're ever going to get back Beloso. I, I don't cover the team on a daily basis. That's our, one of our other riders, Leah Van, does that. Uh, but. Um, that would be nice to get him back, too. But I, I think, you know, last we heard from Jay Johnson, it was kind of a long-term thing. So I think they've had some issues at the start of the season, this first half of the season. Uh, every team's going to have them. I mean, no, no, there's no baseball team that doesn't have any holes, so you college or pro. And, and that, this will be one of the one of the problems for, for LSU. But, uh, you know, like I said, get a couple of these guys back in the lineup and, and, and keep money out there on the mound that, that will that will bode well for LSU as they go forward into that second half of the season. Scott
1: Rabelais from the advocate joins us Scott I got a basketball question for you uh Matt McMahon has announced that one of his assistants from Murray State and the name is the name is blanking me will will join him in Baton Rouge as well as Justice Hill who who was a first team Ohio Valley conference player a year ago how important was it for McMahon to get those two pieces that he's comfortable with that he's familiar with to start rebuilding this LSU basketball program.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you figure our coach is going to bring some some staff with him, you know, from from uh from where they've been before. Obviously that was the case with uh you know Kim Mulkey when she came uh when she came to LSU uh last year, she brought just about her whole staff from um from Baylor. Um So uh, the the players have been leaving faster than they've been coming in for LSU, unfortunately, and not to be this is not unexpected, uh, you know because uh, you 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 figure they're facing some sanctions this coming year. Figure there's going to be at least one postseason ban, but they've got uh, they got Kendall Coleman, the transfer from Northwestern State, uh, forward to come in now. He's got uh, Justice Hill, Uh, you played for him at uh, at Murray State, a guard. Uh, who's from Little Rock. And, like, I always think it's a good sign if someone wants to transfer in and play for you who, who played for you at your, your previous stop. And a lot of players, uh, said, uh, There's one player, I'm talking about names escaping, a player from Murray State who's from New Orleans spoke very highly of McMahon and wished him, wished him well in, in the, you know realizing this is a great career move for him. So uh, you got to have some bodies, and there's some guys who are going to want to play. I, I think uh, I heard someone say, you know, Kendall Coleman's probably like, look, maybe at Northwestern State, I'm not going to even get in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you know, they're from a one bid league for the most part. So you might as well have a chance to go play at LSU and play in the SEC. It's going to be a rocky season for LSU this next coming season. But you can turn things around in basketball very quickly, If you, especially now with the, the, the transfer portal being such a big deal, players flying around the country. Uh, case in point is the team that eliminated LSU from the NCAA tournament, Iowa State. They won two games last year. This year they made it to the Sweet 16. What a, what an enormous turnaround that that is. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think people got to preach patience for, for LSU basketball fans for this coming season and and see what McMahon can do. Don't judge him by this first year. Don't maybe judge him by the first couple of years. Let's see maybe year three. That's very hard to do in today's day and age, but just the fact that he's getting, you know, staff members and former players and, yeah, interstate players to to come and and help him to deal with the fact that they're losing, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, losing Xavier Pinson, of course, uh, uh, Sorry, Easton's going going pro, so that's that's not surprising. And losing recruits, I mean, just about lost their whole recruiting class. So you um, gotta have gotta have to piece something together this coming season. Right. But uh, this guy seems like he's you know, a good choice for a coach, and, and can build LSU back into a winner eventually.
1: The Murray State player from New Orleans, DJ Burns, a six-seven, two hundred ten-pound yes. forward uh, from Sophie B Wright High School and from Southern. He transferred to Murray State from Southern and then the assistant coach that McMahon brought in today is Casey Long. Uh, he is a Leesville native and before going to Murray State with McMahon, he was on Will Wade's staff at VCU for three years. Um, so he he knows the Tigers program pretty well and he knows this the state's recruiting background pretty well. so that's a that's a solid hire by by Matt McMahon. Scott Rabelais of the Advocate joins us Scott, I appreciate you taking the time. A uh, big weekend series for the Tigers at the box. Hopefully, they can they can keep the winning going.
6: Yeah, they, they should. I mean, this is there's a little pressure on LSU to to continue what they did against Florida, right? This team should. Yeah, I think they should win this series. You know, baseball is a funny and fickle game. But yeah, this is if they can. This is, I think this can be a real pivotal series for LSU uh, going into the second half of the season for sure.
1: Yeah, no no question about it. Scott, once again, appreciate you taking the time. Have a good weekend at the box, and we'll talk to you soon.
6: All right, thank you very much.
1: Scott Ravaleo, the advocate. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, open phone lines, 706-0111. Whatever you want to talk about. Saints, Cajuns, Tigers, Pelicans, McNeese, it's all yours. Here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles.
2: James, what is it? Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Yes, sir.
0: time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 30th, 1976, the New Orleans Saints lose tackle Dave Thompson and running back Morris Legrand to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and defensive end Joe Owens to the Seattle Seahawks in the NFL expansion draft. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Do you want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome on Tuesday, April 5th, and you can see them live. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is giving away a four-pack of tickets for this family-friendly show. How do you win exactly? Simply text TROTTER to 68683 to win tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Once again, text TROTTER, that's T-R-O-T-T-E-R, to 68683 to win a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. Patrick Peterson has announced that he is returning to the Vikings. Pro Bowl quarterback Patrick Peterson is returning to Minnesota on a one-year deal he has announced. Peterson said on his podcast, That he wanted to re-sign with the Vikings. Interesting. The former New Orleans product staying in Minnesota. Astros news real quick. Framber Valdez will get the start on opening day. Jake Odorizzi will start Game 2. Justin Verlander will start Game 3. And Jose Urquidy will start Game 4 of their opening series next weekend. James, poll question. Will the Saints re-sign or will the Saints sign Tyron Matthew? 58% 55% say yes, 45% say no. Again, I just I don't see why you don't. I don't see a reason to stay away from Tyron Matthew. He's a great player, he's still got a lot of football left in him, he does great things in the community, I, I don't see anything wrong with, with signing him whatsoever. Now I do want to say this, we got a caller while Scott Rabelais was on with us, talking about how I was out of my mind for saying the Saved by the Bells an American Classic. And that the only TV show that I listed that I was right on was Cheers. Saved by the Bell. You're such an advocate for this. <laughs> it, it, it's a great show. It is. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's five best friends. It, it's
2: just... It, it just feels like every other sitcom. Because... It's just it's the same thing. Oh, It's just the same base every time.
1: All sitcoms are incredible, but so it's the same, it's the same basis, right? But what makes a sitcom special is its writers and, you know, the, the one-liners and the jokes that they throw in that meet those specific actors' personalities. And I, it's just a great show. Anyways, moving on from that. LSU basketball news. Darius Days has just announced his decision to enter the NBA draft. So LSU now down another player. Yikes. James, are you a golf fan?
2: I putt-putt every once in a while. You? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> he putt-putts every once in a while. Are are you good at putt-putt at least? Uh, Weirdly enough, I feel like I'm not good, but it seems like every time I play, like I usually do with like four or five friends, it, it always seems like I get at least second place, even though I feel like I did terrible. I don't know if I'm just—I don't know if we're just all bad, or what. But so, so all five of you are bad. You're just like the, the second, the least, least sucky. bad. I'm right. just the least sucky. Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the Masters is next week. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, like we talked about yesterday, was spotted playing a practice round with Justin Thomas, one of his close, close friends.
2: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard Justin.
1: But the uh, interesting topic of conversation that I meant to get into with Rabs just now when we had him on.
2: Yeah, because he wants he he specifically texted he wanted to talk about this. Well, I, I should have. To it,
1: I, I Scott goes to the Masters every year. I don't know why I didn't talk to him about it. Sam Burns, a Louisiana native, a Shreveport native to be more specific. And I want to say he played, he played his college golf at LSU. And he is a professional golfer. Most recently won the Valspar Championship. That was a week and a half ago. It's going to be his first Masters at 25 years old. I wonder what the odds are for Sam Burns to win the Masters,
2: oh, they—the uh, likelihood is, or the the betting odds—they got to be super low, like plus, like what, ten thousand at least. How many? How many participate? Oh, um, off top, like twenty, twenty, twenty-five. Oh no, there's way more than that. There's way more. Way
1: more, over a hundred. To to start the to start the tournament, way more. Um, after Saturday, after they make the cut out right to Friday after they make the cut. It's probably around 100. Um so yeah, you'll you'll start the tournament with with you know 200 people in it. Um let's see. Let's see if the Masters odds are are out yet. Yeah, they are. Here we go. Sam Burns plus 3300 according to FanDuel. The top odds is John Rom at plus nine fifty. Plus thirty three hundred? Hmm. So what's that? Ten dollars
2: three thirty? Hmm. I, I like Bernsey. I was gonna say just put like three dollars on it.
1: Bernsey might make me some money.
2: Once again, phone lines are open.
1: 337 706 if you want to chime in on my TV taste or Tyron Matthew or anything else. Also, in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Two handsome dudes hanging out in a radio studio talking some sports. If that sounds like something you want to watch on TV, check it out. The Pelicans... Have a game tonight in Portland as they take on the Trailblazers. Trailblazers are struggling. Ever since they lost CJ McCollum 27 and 48 on the year. The Pelicans 32 and 43. The Pelicans are a 14 and a half point favorite. And it's CJ McCollum's first trip back to Portland. And I saw a tweet this morning from Shoot Around. CJ was on the floor getting some shots up. And Jose Alvarado and maybe Najee Marshall went sit in the stands and apparently they were screaming at CJ with high-pitched voices, oh my god, CJ, we miss you! Like, pretending to be Portland fans. And I just thought that that was really funny. You know what else is funny? As it stands right now, the Lakers will miss the playoffs. Entirely. They won't even make the play-in.
2: Love it. Absolutely love it.
1: Won't even make the play-in. I am A-okay with that. It's 5.30. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, Kevin Foote, our guy, the host of Footnotes, every weekday morning from 9 to 11 here on the game, will join us to talk some Cajuns baseball and softball. Softball's got a big game tonight in Austin. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about the Cajuns' win last night in their series this weekend. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
0: From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans, Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now, now back, back to, to more, more crunch, time crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here Coming on The, the game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to the Gulf Shores. and the Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score a VIP pass by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores, when VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 104 One Lake Charles. It's time to chat it up with the man, Kevin Foote of The Advocate and of the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles joins us to talk Cajuns baseball, softball, the Saints, just everything. Kev, what's going on, man? How are you, sir? Oh man, I'm living the dream. I gotta I gotta ask you question number one. James and I have been arguing about this, you know, all show long. Are you a fan of Save by the Bell?
4: That was um that was at right after me. I you know uh, I I don't I mean, I didn't watch a a lot of it. I've certainly seen the show, but no, I would not say I was a fan. I was a little too old for that. Well, at least
1: you've seen it. James hasn't even seen an
4: episode. No, I I have seen it. And, you know, I have guys that I worked with. Like Brady Amal, was just like huge say-by-the-bell guy. So they used to talk about it when I worked with him at the advertiser years ago. A lot. So I, I know about it and I've certainly seen the show, but no, I was not, would not say I was a fan.
1: All right, all right. Well, again, you know, at least you've seen it. So, yes. Cajun softball, we'll start with them 20 and 8 on the year. They've got a big game tonight against Texas. And, you know, Kevin, it, it, if you look at their schedule, you look at their eight losses, two of them come to Texas, two of them come to LSU, two of them come to Alabama. That elusive victory seems to escape this team. What do they have to do to finally get it done tonight in Austin?
4: Well, the the most obvious answer is they and I think every one of those games except for maybe one that, that they give up just too many big runs and most of those I mean too many big innings and most of those big innings are because of walks and errors and pass balls and things like that. So um as our old friend Big Dave used to say, a lot of SIWs. So they've got to stop the SIWs, the self-inflicted wounds. And and so that's number one. The other thing is they've got to be able to get a hit in the clutch. I mean, in a lot of those games, they got base runners and they got runners in scoring position, but they just stranded them, kind of like you know the baseball teams had trouble with at times this year. So they've got to be able to make contact, you don't even have to get a double sometimes it's just a weak ground ball or sometimes it's just a sacrifice fly they just got to be able to get some runs home I think they need to hope it's a lower scoring game and try to win four to three or three to two I think if they let Texas offense going and you know it's going to be harder to win like eight six or nine to seven or something so I, I think that's that's the the kind of the secret to a potential victory there
1: So looking at Texas' schedule, you know, they haven't lost since March the 5th. And, you know, in in that time frame, they've had one tie to Minnesota. But since then, you know, they've beaten Louisiana twice. They swept LSU. They swept Kansas to open up Big 12 play. They got a win over Texas State last week. You know, this team's reeling. And, you know, it's going to take a lot to slow them down. You know Janae Jefferson's their leading hitter 386 44 hits, 10 doubles, two triples. She's got 22 RBIs. The only player on the team to have more RBIs than her is Mary I'm a butcher that last name, Iakpo. She has 27 RBIs on the year. What what's the game plan if if you're Jerry Glasgow other than stopping the the SIWs like you mentioned, is, are you going to focus more on the defensive side of things, slowing them down? Or, or do you just rely on your offense?
4: You know, again and again, you don't want to. Obviously, Texas is playing very well. They won, I think it's fifteen in a row now. And but when they in those two games, they didn't just batter the Cajuns' pitchers around. And I I think the Cajuns are going to have a little more confidence. You know, the Cajuns got had some success. You know, it wasn't like they just kept getting a bunch of hits and they couldn't get them out. It was. I thought they competed with their hitters pretty well. You know, the Scott girl is really good. Look, they have some good hitters. I mean, you know that. But, again, you just have to hope that you can – it can be a day where they're going to have base runners. It's not like you're not going to, you know, give up base runners. You just have to get the big outs with two outs. And and a lot of that is just playing good defense. I mean, when they play the good teams, they just haven't played good defense. But – They've changed the defensive lineup uh, since any of those games, and they played really great defense this past weekend, so hopefully that can continue.
1: Let's transition to baseball now, Kevin. Getting a win last night over Southeastern 6-4. to four. That's now two straight for the Cajuns and three out of four since last Friday. And e- even in that one loss, the Cajuns played well, well enough to win for sure. So this team... You know, from from an outsider's perspective, it, it kind of seems like this team is starting to turn a corner, starting to put it put it all together.
4: It, I think I think it's possible. You know, even before they had lost three in a row and they were reeling there for a little while and had lost uh, what four in a row after getting swept by Troy and losing that game to Nichols and and people were getting a little frustrated and 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 you understand the frustration. But again, if you if if you go back to the beginning of the season, I remember we, you know, Dan McDonald and I, or Jay, or you know, different people who were who were uh, analyzing this team said, "Look, their pre-conference schedule is really tough." And then they start out with Troy on the road, then South Alabama and Georgia Southern, arguably two of the top three teams in, in, in the conference. That is tough. And, and it and it was and and I'm you know I remember us making the comment if they can just be about 500 coming out of that uh, they have a chance to really make a run and here they are they're 500 after last night's victory in Hammond and you've got three games against a good Georgia Southern team and then two games against Louisiana Tech in Ruston assuming the weather cooperates and then after that. It's not that you're guaranteed to beat teams like Arkansas State and Monroe, but at least you're not playing, you know, top 40 type teams um seemingly all the time. And so they really have a chance I think to to come out of this. The thing that gave me hope through that through the struggles is that they 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 did a lot of good things. They did a lot of fundamental things well. And I wrote a column about 2 weeks ago talking about that how you know, they're good in center field. They're good at shortstop. They've been a little iffy at second base, but I think Warner or Rinconis is going to kind of make up for that, and they've been great behind the plate. So they do a lot of good, fundamental, old-school baseball things well, and 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 I think the hitting's going to be there and the defense is going to be there. It's just a matter, will the pitching be there long-term?
1: Kevin Foot, host of Footnotes, joins us. You know, Kevin, looking at the statistics, Carson Rockefort's obviously been – you know, the guy for the Cajuns, but, you know, Heath Hood, Connor Kemple, Kyle DeBarge, you know, even Tyler Robertson showed a couple flashes last night. Getting getting these guys at the plate, rolling and consistently hitting the baseball, do you find that to be more important than, you know, getting a couple of, of good pitchers to, to really put it together?
4: Well, I mean I I think they're pretty close in importance. I think I I have more confidence that the hitting is going to come around long term than I do that they're going to have enough pitchers long term. Uh but they're trying some new things. Like last week they um you know, they threw out the way they use their pitchers against Southo, it kind of it kind of and and coach DeGgs have been kind of hinting it, you know, if you're an Astro fan, you remember the first time the the year the Astros uh, made the World Series, and they went out to Dodger Stadium, and their bullpen was very iffy in that time. And their strategy was they threw one guy, they threw Charlie Martin for five, and then um, McCullers came and pitched the last four. So they basically eliminated the need for what what we traditionally call a bullpen. And you know, I think they're going to have that ability to do that some like throw out tally you know for five innings and then come back with an you know toy or someone like that for four innings um and know they're going to be able to do things like that and, and if they can score enough runs and play defense it might work
1: let's go to the Saints real quick before I let you run kev Malcolm Jenkins announced his retirement today after 13 years in the league what are your what are your thoughts on the news and how can the Saints fill the hole?
4: Well, I wasn't shocked because I've been worried about that. He signed one of them. I I, I always say I'm a terrible sports lawyer. I'm not good at math and all that. But I did notice that he signed one of them contracts where, like, the last year was, like, minimum or whatever. That's the same thing Breeze did about a year before he retired. So I was worried that retirement was getting really close, maybe even this year. So I was not shocked by it. As far as what the Saints can do, I'm hoping what they do. Is signed a veteran safety and and also re-signed PJ Williams, who I thought played cornerback way too long for the Saints and should have been a safety to moved to safety two or three years ago. And I I think they can withstand uh this, you know, losing both of their starting safeties in one off season if they can do that. You know, everyone's thinking Tyron Matthew, I don't know how much money he's gonna want that you know, maybe a Landon Collins or a McLeod from the Eagles. There are other veterans who have played good football. You know, even the guy, I mean, they know a whole lot more about him than I do. Even the guy that won the Super Bowl for the Rams, part, you know, if part doesn't drop the ball, the Rams don't even make the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm saying he won the Super Bowl for the Rams just like Adrian Peterson won the Super Bowl for the Saints because he fumbled five times in the NFC Championship game. But part dropped that ball, but, it, you know, he's, that doesn't mean he's a bad player so he's another one maybe that the saints could look at
1: what do you think about andy dalton getting signed as the backup
4: uh i'm not i'm not a huge fan of andy dalton but what i am a huge fan of is having a veteran backup quarterback and he fits that bill if it was totally up to me i'd have just kept Simeon, but oh well uh he he's a veteran and that's what they needed was a veteran backup quarterback. You don't want a rookie coming into a game when a quarterback gets hurt. You know, if Ian Book comes into the game uh, when 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 uh, Jameis got hurt, the Saints don't sweep the Yucks this year.
2: Who
1: are the Yucks? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Okay. You yeah. see that? That's that's the thing, Kevin. You know, you have all these nicknames for everybody, and I never know who they are.
4: Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll learn. You'll you'll get it,
1: <laughs> Kevin Foote of footnotes is our guest. Kevin, appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a good night.
4: No problem. Y'all have a good day.
1: Before we go to break, James, breaking news from Jeff Goodman. Shaheen Holloway, head coach of St. Peter's, who has just finished this historic run, is finalizing a six-year deal to become the head coach of Seton Hall. Holloway will take over at his alma mater, after leaving St. Peter's to, ha- to a historic
2: Elite Eight run. You had to see that coming. Yeah, they had been talking about that since St. Peter's got past the first round since they took down Kentucky. You had to
1: see that coming. What happens when a 15 – look at Porter Moser from Loyola, Chicago. He didn't leave right away, but now he's at Oklahoma. Look at Jim Laranega in 2006. He brought George Mason to the Final Four. Where's he at now? Miami. Shaka Smart brought VCU to the Final Four. He left VCU, went to Texas, now he's at Marquette. It happens. That's part of it. If you thought Shaheen Holloway was going to stay at St. Peter's forever, you're just naive. You're a clown. I mean, yeah, sure. You're 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 a naive clown. Let's take one last time out, and when we come back, we'll wrap up the show and get you set up for tomorrow here on Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. that's because you've already found the perfect match for sports talk love that is I'm ready for love. now back to the only lover you'll ever need the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles southwest louisiana's sports station
2: The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of the rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half-Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Man, tomorrow's show is going to be fun. Starting a a
1: trend here when the Cajuns have a home game or a home series coming up, I like to get the opposing team's radio guy to give us an inside scoop on the team that the Cajuns are playing this weekend. So Danny Reed, the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, is going to join us tomorrow at five o'clock to talk about the Eagles and to talk about the matchups that they bring in this series with the Cajuns, how they can beat the Cajuns, so on and so forth. We'll talk about all that at 4.30 tomorrow. The legendary Jay Walker will join the show, talk about the Cajuns, get you set up for that big series at the Teague this weekend, 6 o'clock Friday, 4 o'clock Saturday, 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. And as always, we'll take your phone calls, 706-0111. We didn't get any today, a little mad about that. Uh, but that's okay, you know. It, it, it's a Wednesday. It was rainy. I, I get it. You know, people, people didn't feel like calling in, and that's fine. But tomorrow, be on your a game. Let's get some calls in, and let's chop it up and have some fun. Final results of today's poll question: Will the Saints sign Tyron Matthew? Fifty-two percent say yes. Forty-eight percent say no. It needs to happen by the end of the week. It needs to happen by the end of the week. Uh, you, you can't tell me otherwise. James, Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Friends. I'm going to make you a list of all the TV series that you need to go watch in full. Not, not just a couple episodes here and there. In full, start to finish.
2: You'll be lucky if I get through one of them. You'll be lucky. I'll start inviting
1: you to my house. We'll watch it together. That going to have to happen.
2: That takes, out, that takes out my me time. Listen to
1: this <laughs>
3: guy.
2: Wow. Won't invite you to my house again. Whatever. <laughs> I've never been. What do you mean again? You never invited
1: me once. Thanks to our guests today, Brendan Ertle, Scott Rabelais, and Kevin Foote. Thanks to you guys, the callers and the listeners for hanging out with us. James Mesh, appreciate you. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Until then, y'all have a good night. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette,
3: 104 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.